Lord, we just thank you so much for Emily. I thank you um, for all that she's put into preparing for this tour. And we just pray that you would speak to us through it. We pray, Lord, that you would open our ears to hear what you have to say for us. And uh, we just pray your blessing on her as she speaks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you. I suppose you want a mic. Yes, please. Um, Good evening, everyone. Hope you're well. There's actually more people here than I thought there would be being Easter holidays, so that's nice. Um, But I wanted to start by telling you um, about something that happened to me recently at work. Um, Now, I run a cafe. Some of you may have been to visit. And in the last few months, we've been starting to have a bit of an issue at the cafe. And that was um, problems with our drains. Um, Now, I don't know about you, but I'm no plumbing expert, so when water started kind of backing up in the sinks and it was slow draining, I thought, this is probably not a good thing, but I'm just going to ignore it and hope that it goes away. And it kind of did. It would come for a little while, we'd have issues, and then it would get better. And so we're thinking, it's fine, it's not a big problem. But of course, um, a few weeks ago, we had a major flooding issue and we had to close the cafe. We had um, dishwasher water leaking all over the floor. Um, Our sinks were overflowing, and we had this horrible backup of filthy, smelly, disgusting, I don't even want to know what it was, water. Um, And so that was my job, to stay back after hours and have a plunger and try and fix this um, problem. And it it didn't work. I couldn't fix it. So we had to call in um, a drainage expert, and it cost a lot of money, but they fixed the problem, and they found, as they went through our system, a lovely big um, fatberg, let's call it that, a giant bit of stuff that had been building up over time, and it was just this huge amount of fat storage that had been building up in our drains. So they flushed the system, and they fixed the problem. It was quite an easy fix for them, But he sort of turned to us and and said, you know, this is quite a small thing, but if you'd had this done maybe once a year, it wouldn't have been such an issue. And today I want to suggest that our lives can be a little bit like this. That actually without realizing it over time, gunk and issues can build up in our lives. And if we don't deal with them, they can become major problems. So we're going to look at a parable in Matthew about the unmerciful servant that I think demonstrates the blockages in this servant's life and in his relationships. But before we get into the verse, just some context from the chapter. So in Matthew 18, the previous verses are talking all about church relationships. Some of the verses talk about how we deal with sin and causing others to stumble. And so this chapter, we're thinking about how do we do relationships well? How do we do this big family well? We've talked about we want to be a big family. How do we do that to the best of our ability? And you'll see right at the beginning of the passage, Peter asked Jesus a question that helps frame what we're thinking about today. And I think if we look closely, it can tell us that our understanding of God's generous love can be wrong sometimes. And tonight I want to suggest that we should re-examine our heart and look again at forgiveness. What does God extend to us and what should we extend to others? So let's read the passage. It's Matthew 18, 21 to 35, if you want to follow along. 
Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought before him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Um, when I first read that passage, I thought, great. <laughs> That's a pretty tricky one. Um, not quite sure how to talk about that. It's pretty hard hitting. But the thing that stood out to me first as I kind of went over the passage was this king character. It tells us he took pity, he cancelled the debt, and let go. So this king forgives the servant at incredible cost to himself. He assumed that debt. And it tells us actually the amount that the servant owed would have been huge, something that he couldn't have even repaid over his lifetime. It was a huge debt. And so the king actually takes on that debt. And I think we see God in this. So it's a reflection of God's grace to us. But in doing so, there was a great cost to himself. And that's what we're thinking about at this time of year. Jesus' death on a cross was to pay the debt that we owed. Psalm 103 tells us, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. So in this story, we can see that God has made a way to be in relationship with each and every one of us. He's made a way to extend grace and to set free, to set us free from sin. There's a link between us and God. And when I was trying to picture this story, I think a lot in pictures, um, and I like the idea of having an image to describe a story, the thing that kept coming back to me was this idea of a drain pipe. 
which represents our link to God. And God's at the beginning, we're in the middle, and others are at the end of that relationship. And God wants to send his grace and his love and his purpose to us continually. But just like at the cafe, there can be blockages, things that we didn't realize were there, and that stop that relationship working at its best. And we've all probably, well most of us, probably had that experience when it's actually time to do something about that. When you've had to clear out a drain and um, maybe you've been having a shower and the water's been building up at your feet and you think, man, I really need to clean out this drain. It's normally me, it's not Pete, um, just saying. (laughs) And so you decide, okay, it's time to do it and you reach into the void and pull out all manner of you know what I'm talking about. There's stuff that's been building up there for a long time and actually it stopped the water from draining. It stopped the drain from being effective. And it can be the same in our hearts. I think this first servant has a blockage in the relationship between him and the king. And I want us to think about tonight, does that first servant represent us? The servant had a huge debt that was owed. We've already talked about that. He couldn't repay it over his lifetime. And it's the same for us. This debt represents our sin, our distance from God, and therefore the punishment that was also due to us. And yet this servant is forgiven everything, the whole debt. And how does he respond We can see from the story that he has a heart issue, I think. And he couldn't do the the same with a far lesser amount for the other servant. 2 Peter describes what I think we see in this. He says that we can be nearsighted and blind, forgetting that we've been cleansed from our past sins. So his heart issues point to a problem we can all face, a blockage between God and between us, when we don't fully understand or accept God's mercy and forgiveness. So this first servant, his heart wasn't changed by God's unmerited gift, and it begs the question, is ours? And I think there's two ways that we can create blockages between us and God, and I just want to talk about them briefly. The first is pride. When we don't see how sinful we are and how much we need God's forgiveness. And I think we've all probably been in that place before. But I love David's attitude in Psalm 51 where he says, For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. So I think on one hand, sometimes we can forget just how much we need God's grace. But on the other hand, sometimes we can be guilt-ridden, stuck in a place where we can't accept that we've been extended grace and are no longer seen as sinless. So we get stuck in a sin cycle where we can't believe he would forgive us and we don't move on. It could be a dangerous place to be. And I think for all of us in our faith journeys, we'll experience both of these things. And we need to be aware that they're blockages in our relationship with God. But actually, I think the saddest part of the story is with the second servant. 
who represents others. And they miss out on an experience of grace and mercy. Because of the unchanged heart of the first servant, they don't get the chance to experience the same kind of love that that first servant had. So I wonder if it's the same. Maybe do you have friends or family or workmates or people around you who might be missing out on an experience of God's grace because of something you know, that we're dealing with? And if we come back to this idea of the drain, it highlights that we can also have blockages in the relationships between us and others. And it's our job as Christians to keep this drain clear, free-flowing, passing on his gifts to others. It's an overflow of what we've received and been given. But we, build, we allow little issues and little niggles to build up in our relationships. Resentment, anger, pride, and unforgiveness. These are all little blockages that make it difficult for us to get past and I think then it becomes difficult for God to get past. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling in your stomach when um, maybe a relationship with someone isn't right, um, a family member or a work colleague, and you just kind of have this churning and this twisting as you think about that relationship and it's not right, and you're anxious and you're nervous about being around them. And I think this difficulty, this focus on that sort of that pain and that twisting can dilute God's purpose and mission carrying on freely through us. But Romans 12 encourages us, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's our challenge. So how can we deal with these niggles and blockages with others? I want to read you a quote from Alexander Pope, who said, to err is human and to forgive divine. When we've been hurt, our reaction is often to want justice or to retaliate. That's a human response and a completely understandable response. That's how the rest of the world behaves. And yet God's response is opposite. We see in the story, he pardons the debt and takes on the cost not because the servant deserved it, not because we deserve it, but because of his nature. In the same way, when we forgive, we're inviting the divine into our relationships, not because the people around us deserve forgiveness, but because we want more of God's nature, of his grace and his mercy among us. Colossians 3 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And it reminded me of a quote from C.S. Lewis that says, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. But I feel like it's important to say at this point as well that I recognize that people will have been very hurt in the past and maybe have been in difficult or even abusive relationships. And as this big family, we need to be sensitive that we're all on this journey together. 
And actually, forgiveness can be really, really hard. But I want to say that we're not called to be a doormat at any time in our life and let people continue to hurt us. And if that's you and maybe you feel that you're stuck in a difficult or dangerous relationship, that doesn't mean it has to continue. That's not what forgiveness is about. So how do we know if there is unforgiveness and blockages in our lives? What's a good test for each of us? I think we need to ask ourselves, what comes out of your mouth when you're angry? And I was thinking about what comes out of my mouth when I'm angry. And um, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to pick on my husband again. (laughs) Because whenever you have a close relationship with someone, whether it's a sibling or a marriage or a friend, there'll be times when they just get on your nerves. And for me, the thing that gets on my nerves this week, or got on my nerves this week, was the socks next to the laundry basket, which I can never understand how they end up next to the laundry basket and not in the laundry basket. But granted, it's quite a small thing. But it bugged me at the time, and I thought, you know what? It's fine, it's fine. And then over the week, there were just other little things, little, little niggles, and they were just building and building and building. Has anyone sort of felt the same thing before? And then Friday afternoon, we're in the car, and Pete says, oh, how are you? Have you had a lovely day? I'm so looking forward to the weekend, you know, just being himself. And I just turned to him and go, no! It's been a horrible week. Why won't you listen to me? You've done all these annoying things. And he's just thinking, oh, gosh, this is too much. But he's listened to this talk lots of times this week, so I forgive him. I've lost my spot. Sorry, bear with. Yeah, so what comes out of our mouth when we're angry? Is there a build-up of little things that actually point to a bigger issue? For me, it was suggesting, actually, yes, there's things that I need to deal with here. And I think there is for each of us. And if I'm really honest, when I was thinking about a talk about forgiveness, I thought, oh, you know what, I don't think that's for me. I think I'm a pretty nice person. I don't get angry easily. I can tick that parable off, you know, I've got forgiveness. I've got it covered. But actually, as I was preparing, God revealed lots of these little niggles and things that were building up in my life. And maybe that's for you today, actually, that it's not just the big things, we will experience that in life, but often it's the small things that we ignore and we bury. And if we don't take care of those things, it can cause us big issues. So why? Why does any of this matter? Why do we have to talk about forgiveness? And the hint is at the end of the passage. I'll just read it again quickly. He says, You wicked servant, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And that is hard to read. That, you know, when you read that, you've got to think, oh gosh, God, what are you saying through that? And what I took away from that was that there are consequences when we don't respond to others in a way that echoes God's forgiveness. When God shows us mercy, it's not just for us, it's for everyone. 
And we shouldn't block other people from experiencing that with our issues and our unforgiveness. So forgiveness is imperative in our Christian lives. It helps us to live well together as the family of God. As a big family, we need to forgive and often to be healing and whole and functioning well. It's good for us. And I know in saying all this about forgiveness, I'm not necessarily saying anything groundbreaking or all that new. But maybe today is just a reminder again that it's time to deal with some of those things that have been building up. And I think aside from it being good for us, it's also attractive to others. A family that messes up, but acknowledges it and loves big, holds things lightly, forgives quickly. You know, I want to be a part of a family like that, a big, messy, loving, open, forgiving family. That's something that I want to be part of. And I often go back to Acts 2, 42 to 47, the passage that talks about the early church, this fellowship of believers. And it tells us, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I was really caught by that, that the Lord added to their number daily. And I think it's because this early church, they were an attractive community. People saw what was going on and they wanted to be a part of something real, part of something authentic. So it begs the question, are we at St. Saviour's an attractive community? Are we something that other people want to be a part of? Do they walk past and see a big family that they want to join in on? So just as we finish, back at the start of the passage, Jesus says to Peter to forgive 77 times. And I don't think he's talking about a number here. I think we know that. He's talking about extravagance, a love that is so different to the world and what the world expects. The world around us demands retribution, It demands that we deal with people harshly based on their actions and their sins. But this passage reminds us that we are all in the same boat. We're all like that first servant with a debt too big for us to repay. And yet God's extravagant love, his extravagant grace and mercy and forgiveness went to the cross and allows us to be debt free and set free. So I want to leave you with a question tonight. And that is, are we experiencing that extravagant love freely in our lives? And are we sending that on to others? Or is it getting stuck in our gunk and our issues along the way? And I think we're just going to take some time now to respond and just listen to the Holy Spirit. I ask the band if you wouldn't mind jumping back on stage. But why don't we take a few moments just um, in silence and as the band starts to play, 
just to examine your heart. And as we were preparing this evening, I really felt more than anything that I've said that God just wanted space this evening, space for you to have time to really look at your heart and to deal with maybe the things that are stuck there. So that's what we want to do tonight is give you some space and some time to really feel that you can examine yourself. You know, are there any blockages and things getting in the way? Maybe there's things getting in the way between you and God, or maybe there's things between you and others. So let's leave some space now to uh, invite the Holy Spirit and just let us think about these things. <laughs> 